Hey friends, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid podcast. This is your host, Cherie. I hope you're having a great Wednesday and over the hump day. I hope you had a good week so far. Um, I hope the sun is shining, even if it's snowing where you are. Today it's shining here. And uh, I I did catch a little cold, so excuse me if I sound nasally. Um, But yeah, I hope everyone is doing great. And today I wanted to jump on and talk about something that's been on my mind uh, recently. So a couple of weeks ago, my daughter had this homework assignment that she was responding to a question um, in her religion class. And it was something, a speech that was written by one of the popes. I'm not Catholic, so I'm sorry. I, the name escape, or the number escapes me. But um, the pope had said he thought that the biggest threat to young people was not practical problems, but idleness and cowardice. And that really resonated with me because I think that's not only a threat to young people, but I think that's a threat to Christians, right? Um, And I was thinking about this in the context of myself, but then on like the wider view of things, you know, because idleness is something that stops us from pursuing God's assignment for our life right? And I think that we all have different assignments, but as Christians, we all have one specific assignment from God. And that is to love God, right? And to spread the word of the gospel and to be disciples of his and to build up his kingdom and to glorify the, to glorify God. That's more than one. I, okay. But there's this overarching um, assignment that we have as Christians, And so often that assignment kind of doesn't get filled, right? Or it doesn't get done. It gets done at like a mediocre level because of cowardice that then leads to idleness. Cowardice is that fear of doing something, right? And I think that, especially now in our society, right? I mean, Christians have always been persecuted for uh, since we can remember, right? I mean, Christ was crucified on the cross, um, you know, his disciples were martyrs. I mean, there's always been that um, persecution of Christians. And I think as Christians, we know that that is coming, right? Like we know that our views are not necessarily looked at that, you know, like it's not like always a cool view, right? In, in the world that we live in, because the world has its own set of rules. And sometimes I think we can get very um, intimidated when we are acting on God's assignment, which can lead to that kind of like that fear, right? And then that fear leads to that idleness where we just stop. And the thing is, is that we were not given a spirit of timidity, right? We were given a spirit of courage and boldness and not in our own right, right? Like it's not that, oh, I'm arrogant. It's not arrogance. It's not that puffed up Um, courage. It's the courage that you find within Christ. That courage is what fuels us to complete God's assignments for our life. And I think in a world where, you know, speaking out about something that you believe in, um, I mean, there is this kind of overall device, like divisiveness right now, right? In so many different arenas, whether it's political, whether it's um, racial, whether it is, you know, I think even in our own churches, we become very divided and polarized. And so what happens is, is that 
there are some people who will actually shrink back um, rather than stepping forward. And when we become idle, what happens is those dreams even that God places on your heart, they get pushed to the side and nothing really ever goes forward. Like for me, uh, if I look at this personally, my I, I think I'm a good starter, right? So like I have these ideas and I start them and I'm like, let's go for it. And then somewhere along the line, there's these uh, seeds of fear and doubt that get planted, right? And if I don't intentionally choose faith over fear, I will start procrastinating. And then that procrastination leads to idleness and nothing gets done. So for me, it kind of starts with, okay, this great idea, this assignment that God has placed on my heart, let's go do this. And then there's the stinking thinking, right? And if you've listened to any of my podcasts or read any or episodes or read any of my writings, I talk about stinking thinking as those so those seeds being sowed um, by the enemy who really wants to take up some valuable headspace, right? Change our mindset from a God view to a, a human view, because we know in a human view, we, are, we, we look at things with limitations, right? We look at things in a sense to be realistic. And there's nothing wrong with realistic, but when realistic comes to um, stopping you and you know it's something that you should do, um, that's when it becomes a problem, right? But those seeds of stinking thinking are silic, uh, they, they're kind of like in this circle. I can't talk, right? <laughs> they're in this circle. And so the seed gets planted, it starts germinating, um, you know, seeds of fear and doubt. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of stepping back, right? And you are not completing the steps or the action steps that you need to take to really move forward in God's assignment. And I think that is why so many of us you know, find ourselves in this place of discontentment, discouragement, and kind of in this mediocrity, like this mediocre lifestyle, you know? And it's not because, I'm not saying that you have to do something like that's so exciting, but when you are going against God's grain for your life, there is something about that that is just suffocating, right? It's oppressive. If you ever have done something where you just know that you are in God's will, like you will see, you might have obstacles along the way, but God is going to put you through each step, right? And then when it's accomplished, when it comes to fruition, there is nothing like that feeling. And that is because you are walking in obedience to God, you're fulfilling his will, and you're completing your purpose, right? There's something about that that gives us life right? So those dry bones, those dry spiritual bones that you have sometimes, or you're just kind of like going through the motions, you know, you're going to church, you read your Bible, but it's all very um, methodical, right? Like there's no, um, there's no feeling behind it, right? There's no like real intention. Um, That is when we become lukewarm in our walk with God, and I think this happens all the time. Um, you know, I just saw that movie, The Jesus Revolution, and it is so good. I have to say, and I have to give it a shout out, like the film was so well made. It, it was just a really beautiful film. And it spoke to so many things that we are going through right now as a church. And just, um, yeah, go see it. Just absolutely go see it. But 
I guess what I was getting to is these these people, um, they were like hippies, right? And they are trying to um, get filled up on life through like, you know, dropping acid and LSD, you know, this this particular group. And they want that high because they're looking for something to fill that void, right? Or to fill their cup. And this other man named Lonnie Frisbee comes in and he works with this pastor, Chuck. I don't want to give away the movie, but anyway, hippies start coming into the church and they hear the gospel and that gospel is transforming them. Okay. It's transformational. And they take them down to the Pacific ocean and they're baptizing these people. And you see when they come up out of the water, there is just this like newness in life, you know? And with spring coming around, I think that's really something to think about, right? This newness that comes, um, that refreshing that comes when you are baptized. I remember when I was baptized and they came out of the water, I just felt like a brand new babe, right? Like literally brand new, like all of the sin, all of everything was just kind of wiped away. And I was a new creation in Christ. And that is what we are, right? We are new creations in Christ. But sometimes we don't live that way. Um, we live in this old mindset, right, of who we were and what we were able to do instead of recognizing who we are in Christ right now and what he is able to do in our life, right, abundantly and exceedingly more than we can ever think. But with that, you know, we have to be obedient and we can't be idle. We cannot be idle. We can't live in a life of mediocrity. We can't be afraid to take risks because, listen, Jesus was a risk taker. You know, Jesus was risky. <laughs> um, the disciples following Jesus was risky, you know, but think what would happen if that risk never occurred. So in this, in this world right now, we really need to be the salt of the earth, right? Like we need to... Um, have those conversations, reach out to people. We need to like listen to God, what God is telling us to do and be on assignment. I thought this was so like this whole idea of idleness and um, cowardice really resonated with me so much. that I actually wrote a devotional um, in Daughter of Delight on Instagram. And, and I told some of you all that I was like a quarterly writer it's actually up on their um, post, and it was posted on Friday. But I talk about the story of the two midwives in Exodus eleven fifteen to twenty one, Shipra and Pua. And I feel like these women are a perfect example of women who acted on God's assignment, even though it could have really had disastrous consequences for them. Right, like their lives could have been taken. Um, you know, Pharaoh had given them instructions to kill the baby boys born to Hebrew women. And listen, they had a choice, right? They could either kill the babies or risk their lives and let them live. Um, you know, idleness is inaction, right? And they were given a choice to make an action, to, to, to act. And every day we are given choices to act or not to act. Now, they may not be as, you know, consequential as this, but every choice that we make is leading us closer to who we are in Christ and to who we are supposed to be um, in Christ, that how he created us, you know, and 
what these women did, they were really heroes of the faith because they chose to let those babies live. And I love in Exodus one seventeen, it says, however, the midwives feared God and didn't obey the king of Egypt's orders. They let the boys live. You know, they really give us a model of how to make risky and difficult choices. Because even though they were faced with like an impossible choice, right, which really could have been their lives, they do not lean in on their human nature, which is fear, right? Because in our human act, what we would probably do, who knows? I mean, I, I can't imagine being faced with that choice, but it is it is scary, right? And I think a human person, like in the human perspective, you are probably going to go more towards self, right? And being a Christian is all about you becoming less and, and God becoming more, right? Christ becoming more. And that is exactly what these women did. They were, they feared God more than man. They walked with wisdom. Um, they let their decision reflect that. And they made the correct godly choice because of that reverent fear of God that outweighed their fear of man. And this is so, I think, something that we face all the time right now, right? Like we have this thing in society where we're always thinking about what people are thinking of us, you know? I mean, if you look on social media, right? Like it's all about the likes and like how people are portraying themselves and what people will think of you. And, you know, what these two women did was they let all of that, they didn't have social media, obviously, but they put all that aside and they did what they knew God would want them to do. And not only did God protect them from Pharaoh's wrath, he also rewarded them with families of their own. And that's really something that sometimes I think people overlook in that story is that one, he gave protection and refuge from Pharaoh's wrath. And two, he rewarded them. Obedience is rewarding, right? And it comes in different ways. Maybe it won't come, you know, in a monetary way or, or another way that you can tangibly see, but your reward is in heaven. And so as we, as we look at, you know, idleness and cowardice, you know, it's really important to think about what are we on this earth working for? Are we working for God or are we working for man? And then how is our idleness, you know, hindering the assignment that God puts on our life? And I don't want to, you know, take for granted, listen, courage is not something that comes easy to everyone, right? Um, but it's okay. It's okay because courage does not come from you yourself. It comes from the Lord. And sometimes all the time, I think we need to pray for that courage, right? Sometimes praying for that courage just to get through another day. You know, Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, we can get so scared sometimes or intimidated by the assignments that God puts on our life because we're seeing it go down a path that we don't know, right? Like that path looks so, um, the path of the unknown can be a scary path, even though sometimes it is the very best path. And remember this, 
that God is in control, right? He knows your path before anything, you know? And if it tells us in this in this verse that God is with you wherever you go. So whatever path you go on, God is going to be with you. And that should give us courage right there, right? We don't have to um, tremble because you know what? He will not fail. He will not forsake us. But we have to put our hope in him. So sometimes when we have these assignments on our life, we feel like, oh, we're not equipped enough. You know, we don't have the talent. We don't have, um, you know, maybe we're not smart enough or we're not creative enough or whatever that may be, that excuse that you're holding on to. And maybe it's not an excuse. Maybe it's a, a belief system that you've built around yourself that doesn't match up to who you are in Christ. And so if you are doing that, you know, the one thing to remember is that your hope is not within you. Your hope is within Christ. And if your hope is within Christ and it's an assignment that he has given you, you can be best assured that he is going to see you through to the end, right? Um, I, I can't stress that enough because I, I really do think that that is sometimes why we stop and fall short and we fall into idleness. We fall into this kind of lukewarm Christian life. And, you know, I love coffee. I love, love coffee. I wake up and I drink it and it makes me extremely happy. Okay. What I don't like, I like hot piping coffee. I do not like lukewarm coffee. Anything that's lukewarm just does not taste good, right? Like, it's kind of like, oh, you just want to kind of spit it out. And so like when your life starts to feel like lukewarm, you become disenchanted with it because it's not giving you, um, it's not giving you what you need, right? And, the, and it's not so much, again, like the title of a new job or, you know, the, the raise, all those things are nice. But what really gives you fulfillment is that, that, that knowing that you are walking in God's will for your life and you are walking down that narrow path, even when the wide path and, you know, looks more comfortable, right? Sometimes we have to be uncomfortable to get to the place where God is putting us or wants us to be, to get to that next level. And, you know, it's a matter of responsibility. In Ezra 10.4, it says, arise, for this matter is your responsibility, but we will be with you. Be courageous and act. We can get so caught up into the planning that eventually it does become idleness, right? It's like listening to people, and I have done this myself, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this book. And then five years pass, nothing gets done you know, pieces get done, right? And so part of that, you know, I, I do believe that we have to organize ourselves in such a way that we fit the time to do God's will in our life. You know, I don't know about you, but as a mom, um, as somebody who runs my whole household solely, you know, job, church, all those things, like there's so many things on our plate that we really need the Lord to order and number, like order our days, you know? And so praying for that order so that you can do his will, because we always have time in our day to do the Lord's will. It's just that we can find ourselves distracted and putting other things um, in front of it, 
And so, you know, the idleness that comes in is usually from that exhaustion that comes from not prioritizing properly, right? Our first priority is God. Always, period, the end. And when we put anything in front of the Lord, if we're distracted, if we're fleeing from God to other things, then we're going to feel exhaustion. We're going to feel burnout. We're going to feel discontent. And you know, the thing is, is nobody can feel that for you. Not, no job, no friend, no man, no woman, no kid, nothing can fulfill that cup except for your, for the Lord, period. And so often we find ourselves going around chasing our tail in circles, right? Because we think, oh, if we just had this, life would be so much better. And then we get that. And life's not better. You're still left with that empty feeling. You may have let go of friendships, of relationships, because you feel like that person was not enough. Well, that person wasn't enough because they never can be, right? Only the Lord can be enough. And that is why when I talk about like, you know, this idleness and and cowardice and that mediocrity, all those things play into place because I believe that it's a circle of, you know, that that's a circle of uh, discouragement, right? On our lives. Um, Idleness will not lead you down a path of fruitfulness. If anything, it's the opposite. So, you know, I, I just wanted to hop on here because like I said, that that really struck me as something that is a threat, um, the idleness and the cowardice and the mediocrity. I really feel that is a threat to our Christian walk. And not only is it a threat to us, it's a threat to spreading the gospel, right? Because I think that we have kind of stepped back and become complacent in spreading it to those who you know, we're, we're very Christian-like, right? To those who look like us um, or who we're comfortable with. But it takes courage, right? It's, it's risky to step outside, again, those Christian walls, and I keep saying that, um, to really be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's why you should see Jesus Revolution. I know I'm bringing it back. I'm kind of like bunny trailing here, but it is so good. There's this one part where like, the elders of the church are looking at these people coming in and they're just kind of like, what is this? You know, and they they're barefoot and they start talking about the carpet and how they're ruining it. And what this preacher does, and again, I can't ruin the movie for you, but what this preacher does is just an act of God. Like he just literally reflects the love of Jesus and how he responds. And, you know, he took the risk. He took the risk. There are people who left that church, you know, who shunned him because he was reaching out to these hippies who, um, you know, were being turned away. And isn't that like interesting, right? Like the church is supposed to be the place where we accept everyone. And doing that, though, you know, you can't be lukewarm about that. And so I do think that in a world right now that is so polarized, like, those two things are such a threat to us because we have started to cower back and just conform to what we know is clearly wrong, right? Like some of the things that I hear, it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Christians, listen to this. This is clearly wrong, right? This is not loving your neighbor. This is not showing the love of Jesus. 
And, you know, some of us have like taken a back seat, drank the Kool-Aid and decided to just let things ride. And I'm not saying that you have to, you know, get on a platform and, you know, whatever. But like what I, I, I do think that in our own lives is that we take steps every day to walk in courage in our faith, to walk in courage in obedience and, you know, to fight against the idleness, to fight against the, the lukewarm Christian life, to fight against a life of mediocrity. Because, you know, we weren't created to do that. We were created to do amazing, incredible, extraordinary things, you know? And again, I'm not talking about you have a platform in, ten, you know, in front of 100 million people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your own neighborhood. I'm talking about reaching out to that person who other people look at as, you know, um, homeless and they don't want to shake their hand or they don't want to sit down and talk with them or they won't, you know, just the very, the person in church that no one, you know, really bothers, right? Like we all know those people that like, listen, let's be clear. There are cliques in church. And I know a lot of you have probably experienced that. I know I have. And, you know, sometimes we, not sometimes, we do, we need to break down those walls and that takes courage. And if you don't have the courage, you do have it within Christ. And so that's what I just wanted to talk about today. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I just, you know, I, I think that if there is a time, if there is any time that we need to let our light shine more than ever, it is now, right? The world needs um, love, love, you know, and love takes courage, you know? Um, I was in a, I was listening to a sermon at our church on Sunday and we were talking, you know, our minister was talking about love. And I thought, wow, like, and just how much of that, that one uh, chapter in Corinthians, first Corinthians, I believe, I want to say 13, but 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about the virtues of love, right? And like the the traits and the qualities. And I just think about how we are falling so, so very short on that, you know? Um, and it is really noticeable in the way our society is going, the violence, the anger, you know, the separateness, you know, like we are not taking these words to heart. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And doesn't that take courage, folks? You know, it takes courage to let go of the wrongs. It takes courage not to be easily angered. Because I tell you what, there is a lot of stuff right now that can easily anger us, right? That can turn us from love um, and turn us into creatures of, you know, anger, right? Like there's so many things and injustices that we see that can really um, take that, 
that love that we're supposed to have and just turn it into bitterness and resentment. It does not dishonor others, you know? Like I see how oh, that we treat people as others. And like, you know, when I think of like, even just the border crisis and how I hear people talking about other human beings, other children that are sitting there and, and just treating them when I hear illegal aliens, like it, it disgusts me. These are human beings created in the image of Christ. You know, we are Christians. We are supposed to love one another. I'm not saying that laws should be broken, but what I am saying is that people should treat one another with the love of Christ, right? It does not dishonor, um, you know? And then looking at the truth, it takes courage to walk in truth, even when you don't believe it. Like when you don't want to believe it, I'll say that, right? Sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow, but nonetheless, the truth is what sets us free. The truth of the gospel, the truth that are in the principles of the word are truth that will set us free and that will help us to live a life that is Christ worthy. And we are not doing a good job of that, I think, you know, and um, I don't want to be judgmental, but what I see right now is that a lot of people are shrinking back. A lot of people are saying, hey, I don't want to get involved. Hey, I'm just going to go with the status quo. Well, love is so much more than that, you know, and I, I do believe that it, it always perseveres. And I see that, you know, I see that when it, when it comes down to it, that we do um, share love with one another, but like we need to do it in a way, I think we need to do it more often, more abundantly and, and not be afraid because that overarching assignment that God has on our life it really is to point people towards him, right? It's to love him. And he says that is the greatest command, to love him and to love others. And it's not something that's optional, right? It's not something that you can decide, oh, I like this person because they're more like me. Or I like that person because they have money. Or, you know, they go to the right schools or they they look like they're good people, you know? No, we are called to love. We may not always like actions of others, but we are called to love. And, and again, that takes courage. Love takes courage. So I leave you today with that message. And I hope that, you know, you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got a little something out of it. And um, I just encourage you to walk in courage this week and going forward. And, you know, don't let idleness be a snare and a trap that makes you stumble on God's assignment for your life. Well, thank you once again for listening to Faith Coffee and a Kid. I hope that you have a great rest of the week and I will catch you next time.